Hale Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. You know, making sure I get the full gamut of the DB Robbie takes, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I think last Monday, I don't know if, I don't know if this was because the Super Bowl kept you guys up late or if you just had a bad breakfast or whatever, but there was like a throwaway segment right before a break, a throwaway. Like you guys, I don't even know if you knew you were on air or not because of what you said. <laughs> but, but you talked yourselves into the Big East being the sixth best league in the country. That was me. I don't know how you guys managed to pull that off. But we need to talk about it. So, Matt, to be, to be fair, we did circle back a couple days ago. Yeah, but I tried to convince Ravi, and he wasn't taking – I was actually on the Big East side, and Ravi was having, like, none of it. Yeah, no, I, listen, I say crazy stuff. It's understandable, right? <laughs> But but I was you had me you guys had me thinking like was there another realignment shift that I missed what where's the math where's the math here on um, where the, who are the five leagues that started at six you didn't start at like three and work your way down you introduced six and kind of like stayed at six so I'm like, what what happened there I think I'm just gonna put this out there. I think what uh, DB accuses me of all the time, which is I just say things and then kind of I, I roll over him a little bit so he doesn't really know how to react. I feel like that happened to me <laughs> no, in no, that segment. No, 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 Because no. I, I went back and thought about it. And you just kind of agreed to, to disagree there, like whatever it was. Yeah, I, like, didn't, I didn't really – it didn't really process in my brain. Because we came back and revisited a couple days ago, and – I think we decided no lower than fourth, right? Is that where we landed? Yeah, I think so. No lower than fourth. Ken Palm has them at two, um, which Big 12, I think mostly everybody agrees is one. And then there's not, I don't think, a ton of difference between Big East, Big Ten, SEC. Okay. Is that fair? All right. We're having a little bit more reasonable conversation about this. Yeah. That's all I wanted. Yeah. I, I, I felt like when you guys were starting at six, I had to get you to a reasonable point. So, so um, you don't. So here's the, so here's the thing. I think five may be debatable, right? Like if you go, no, no, <laughs> no. See, he blames me no. for the six. Because this like, is well, so. But Maddie, you heard you heard this though. I asked him no, point no. blank. I said, let's say you go Big Twelve, Big Ten, okay. Like, like yeah. let's just, just for debate's sake. Okay. I asked about the ACC. Right. You did. Yes. I asked about I, the ACC. Now, now you guys say no quick, but I couldn't convince you that the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the SEC, and the ACC are somehow one through four. You cannot. Correct. <laughs> that was that a question? Or was you just- I, it, no, it was a legit question. It was a legit question. It you was not convinced. Okay, so yeah. they're behind. So the Big Ten is behind or ahead of the Big East? 
Um, yeah. Yeah, no. the Big Ten. Yeah, because there. I think there's a lot. I think there's quality depth there, even though they're. Are, not are they in. are they ahead or behind the Big East? In your opinion, I I think they're behind. Is the SEC behind. ahead or behind the Big East? Behind by a by by a further gap than the Big Ten. Really? So the yep. Big Twelve is the only conference that you like. Yeah. No brainer. Hundred percent. Not even the so, SEC, you know, huh? You guys, you guys, uh, so Tennessee, uh, Kentucky, South Carolina. Uh, what? Do you, what? Well, what? Kentucky just <laughs> went on the road and like <laughs> smacked <laughs> Auburn. That right? No, I get the no. So I'm with you. Ninety-eight percent of the time. Maddie, you and I could hold hands. We're, we're like usually lock stock on our basketball takes, but they're like some bad losses for everybody. I don't, don't know if there's a UNC that rough. I mean, not everybody can trot out a DePaul in Georgetown, okay? I mean, well, the SEC definitely can. I've heard of Vanderbilt. There's a little school there. Hey, I don't know if you've seen Jerry Stackhouse suits, but they're pretty sweet. Vandy okay, and Missouri. I'm going to feel bad when he has to go because he looks fly. I'm so so Missouri's, a school, uh, Missouri's a school that we wa- I wanted to get into on Tuesday when I was talking about conference, like the mystique of a team. Missouri is in that discussion. In, in mystique of a team how? Because I think – they, sh- they remind me a little bit of Ohio State. They remind me a little bit of, like, Georgetown, where people, like, the state plays great basketball. The state of Missouri is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Why the college isn't better, Fair. I have no idea. I'm just saying, Vanderbilt, Missouri, not No, 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 but I didn't use Vanderbilt no, in the discussion. Um, but you were talking about they didn't have a Georgetown-DePaul to trot out. Vanderbilt, Missouri, not appreciably different than hey. than than DePaul, Georgetown. Did you just not see Pippen Jr. on the on the ten day contract? Cool. <laughs> hey, listen, DePaul's got some studs too that they never won with either. So I mean, yeah, we, we, we figure that out. Yeah, we got to talk about Paul Reed. I'll leave, you guys, I'll leave you with this. We got to talk about Max Struess. Hey, Evan he start he started the other night. What, Maddie? Yeah, Evan Miyakawa. You know that site that has it's very like in depth. Player yep. ratings, yep. ratings, all that. Mm-hmm. So, the top 150 players in the country, the top most valuable um, per 100 possession players in the country, mm-hmm. there are 19 of them in the Big East of the top 150. Okay. There are two leagues with more talent. The Big 12 is way ahead of everybody with 30. The SEC is just ahead of the Big East with 22. Okay. They're third. Then, you also have seven of the 11 coaches in the Big East right now have it's been to an elite eight or further in their career. It is a very so, so well coached conference. Dudes, you not only have the dudes in between the lines, but you got the dudes on the sidelines. So mm-hmm. find me a find me a peer there. I don't know. I just I, I'm not going to die on the hill because I like the Big East. But yeah, you, you, could, you, you, you could you could you could con- you could convince like I wouldn't be mad if you like the ACC in a com- in a total team conference run in, in March. If you if you said if Ravi somehow had some sense and he was like man that DB I could see likely. more teams in the ACC making a run than I could in the Big East I'm not going to be mad at him because the only argument would be well it's about matchups and at some point you just have to play the <laughs> games right hang on a, 
Why did you say it like that? I don't. I don't. I don't know. You I feel like I'm catching a lot of strays this interview. That was a big stray, right? I wasn't expecting that. Oh shoot! Part part like. So Creighton gets a lot of uh, guff for losing to UNLV the way they did, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about the ACC being like, I would take maybe if you put the teams in March, I would take the ACC over over the Big East, you know? Is is, is Arkansas better or worse than UNLV? Because they handled Duke. Like, I know Arkansas is a flashier name. That I, I get it. Like, so so that's, the, that's the thing. I feel like a Belgian waffle because I understand what you're saying. I just used Duke yesterday Yep. as a team that's 20 and 5, and I'm like, Are they that good? I don't know if they're that good. But, right. the, but, they, the, but they, I wouldn't want to play them in March. No, that's fair. Do you know what I mean? I don't. I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to play Miami in March, and I don't think. I think Miami's hit or miss, like feast mm-hmm. or famine. But they're very capable. I just watched Virginia get dog walked mm-hmm. by the Hokies last night on that, the road. <laughs> that was when Virginia was like, "Oh, they're right now." Tony Bennett's got it rolling, and then they just went and got smoked. Not right. Not right at all. No, not right at all. Yeah, still Virginia. They were yeah. down 20 at the half. Yeah, they got. With 16 points. They got smoked. It got worse after that. But I'm not sure. Like, so if Virginia played Creighton tomorrow, it's not like you're chomping at the bit to take the Jays. And I'm a and I'm a as big a Ooh. Mac honk as there is. Yeah, Robbie and I have had this conversation a lot. We are definitely chomping at the bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, Robbie? Like, yeah. 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 Like, yeah, I'll take that all day. <laughs> A team that can't score and needs to stop Creighton to survive. No, yeah, please. Yeah, I'll take that all day. Can I can I ask you something before we get to Creighton UConn tonight? Oh, are we gonna Maddie? get to that? Yeah. We're gonna get to that today. Are you in? Are you all? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, See, I don't I don't even like Robbie. We just work together. <laughs> so, Maddie, are you are you are you all in or all out on FAU? Oh man, that's such a hard one. Because every time I do go all in, there they they lose play. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I don't know. I mean, you know what I think maybe is happening with FAU a little bit, which isn't an excuse, but like I think they might be bored. Like cruise bit. control into the tournament. Yeah, because like they've already, you know, they've got the non-con that was just a monster. You know, they beat Butler, A and M, smoked the Virginia Tech team that just beat the brakes <laughs> off Virginia. Um, Arizona in that two overtime thriller. Like I just think you know they have a good win over Loyola Chicago. Like I think their non-con was so good they just like jumped into AAC play and they just kind of like hook it up every random night and you know you just never know what you're gonna get. I, I kind of feel like it's that because they're really good. I think they're really well coached. And I just I, look I at Davis's game and I was like. But I, I, I still kind of like them a little bit. I, I watched Davis play. I just watched him Sunday, right? And now, now they ran into a bus. So I mean, they were they're on a heater down there in, in in South Florida. But he's so like it's hard to describe his game. It's like watching Shea Gilgis Alexander. I don't know how he does it. It's, is it the tempo? Mm-hmm. Is it his change of pace? But he is as hard a guard one on one. As I've seen, maybe in college basketball, but it's just not all the time for them. That's what I mean. I think it's just a. I think they have like a switch that they're just flipping on and off right now. Now a dangerous game to play because you just, 
you know, if you get a non-sexy matchup in that first-round game, then they'll probably be, what, in the 8-9 line range, right? So you don't want to play that game because then if you don't get excited for your first-round opponent and you don't have it, you don't have it hooked up, then you're going to get beat. Um, they haven't done themselves any favors with who they've lost to, but I still like their personnel. I still like, you know, the way they play. Um, I think they're going to be dangerous because of how they can score, you know. Like, that's a dangerous team. Okay, can, they get on a heater. You can't really shut them off very easily. You know? can, can I ask one more? Can I ask one more non-Creighton UConn question before the final eight minutes is Creighton UConn? <laughs> you can ask. So Ra- Ravi was he? Ravi literally wanted to fight me yesterday as we got off the show because I tried to convince him that a close loss at Illinois was significantly more indicative of Nebraska than getting than losing at Chrysler at the end of the year. And he said, you do know that no team without a, qual- without a road win has gotten in to the tournament. And I said, you do know that is a trend, not a hard, fast rule. You can change the narrative. And he kicked me off the air. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised by his reaction. Um, I think that's a misrepresentation but... of what happened, for, <laughs> for the record. Okay. I'm lodging a formal complaint. I I don't I I think no I'm not gonna sit on the fence here but I think I I would I would be in between both of those because I do think it's a problem that Nebraska has such a vast difference in performance level road versus home Mm -hmm. however I think there's a lot of meat on that bone for Nebraska right now that is going to get them over the hump in a bubble conversation right now. Now they have to finish strong. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, there's they're in a weird position right now because they've already blown the doors off Michigan and Penn State, and then they have five games the rest of the way that they're going to be expected to win, mm-hmm. with the That's, exception of maybe Ohio State. Well, yeah, one maybe exception, but even then, that they're going to go into that one as like a toss-up game. So. You know, please win in Bloomington tomorrow. That's a tough spot to be in. I'm telling you. I know because there's no, there's no. uh, It's like Crawford fighting Boots Ennis. There's no, there's no gain. There's no upside. There's just no gain. It's all risk. Everything as a bubble team that they've already done. It's a weird position because they've already done the big stuff as a bubble team. Now they just have to not mess it up. Mm. That's a tough spot to be in Um, because there are teams. That they're going to play like Michigan's tough at Michigan. Like, yeah, saw them push Michigan State. Um, Ohio State just beat Purdue. Like Indiana, you don't know what team's going to show up on a given night. Certain- <laughs> I just hope they wear those black uniforms again, like against Northwestern, oh, so they can wet the bed. <laughs> Burn those at halftime. Those are horrible. I'm surprised to be this still in the uniform game. Uniform game with what they're turning out. So, yeah. Wow. We're talking- I didn't think black was bad, but, man, Indiana pulled it off. <sighs> We're talking with Matt DeMarinas from the White and Blue Review. Uh, so Matty, All things college basketball. Yeah, we really all, really all hammered things, really hammered the Creighton so far uh, with Matty here. but um, He's got range. He does have range. No, that's what we love about Matt. So I, I wanted to – I asked this of the UConn guy before you, and I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are because I'm not sure I agreed with his assessment. But – if Creighton is to Weird. win tonight, what is their path toward victory? What does that look like? 
I like how you just threw another but then someone else under the bus. <laughs> well, I think Dom uh, basically said if Creighton could go small, that was kind of what he arrived at. Well, he said if he could force UConn to go small, yeah, is what he kind of ended up, which I don't know that I agree with. Yeah, I mean, I think UConn's really hard to guard. So the idea that you know that Caravan has to play the five for a little bit and stretch the floor, it it creates. Some problems defensively, but nothing that Creighton hasn't seen before. Like they've seen stretch bigs. Um, I think so. Creighton's path to victory, I think, is just about the matchups because I think the dudes in this game are so good at each position. When you break it down one one to one, that it's just about who. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to come down to X's and O's as much as it's going to come down to the execution of that. Like. You know, when you look at the way they're going to match up tonight with Newton versus Alexander and Spencer versus Ashworth and, you know, Shireman versus Castle, like, where do you go for the path for Creighton? I think start with five on down. Like, Hawkbender has to be more involved than he was in the first matchup, and that starts with the guards getting in the ball, which was really hard for them to do in the first one. So, yeah, they have to handle pressure better. Um, they have to get him involved and set that chain reaction in motion but they just got to win the matchups. Like, it's going to come down to the Joes tonight. Like, there's so many good players on the floor. I think – I don't know how many NBA scouts are going to be in the building, but I got to feel like – Enough for enough for media to have to sit up kind of in the hockey area. That's where me and Maddie like to hang out anyway. Yeah, I'm going to have some company tonight. I usually have the whole road to myself pretty much. So, yeah. Well, save me, a, I mean. save me a seat up there. Oh, that's cute. I'll, I'll do my best. I always save you a seat. <laughs> I know. I do sometimes. Matt, <laughs> Man, uh, let, let me ask you something. Who's 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 your Big East player of the year? I know we've been talking about – we talked about Tristan last last week, but, I mean, Baylor has to uh, – and I agreed with Nick yesterday. Baylor has to enter into that conversation, as does Kolick. Like, who's your, who's your Big East player of the year right now? Right now it's Tristan Newton. But tonight, for me, is a chance. Like, I think Tristan Newton can end it tonight. I think Baylor Shireman can like, like say game on tonight. That's mm-hmm. what, I think it's not going to there. Like Baylor is playing so well right now. Um, I I mean I I we all watch a lot of college basketball. I don't know if there's anyone playing better than Baylor Shireman in the country right now. The way he's going, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? When you think about shooting, the playmaking, the rebounding, the defense, mm-hmm. just the he's got a tenacity about him that you can tell he knows time's running out and he's trying to maximize. Like he's a dangerous dude out there right now, and I think, you know, he deserves a lot of recognition for the way he's playing because I'm not sure there's anyone in the country right now doing it at a higher level during this stretch. So I think tonight Tristan Newton's coming in as the front runner, um, the odds-on favorite because of the body of work that he's put in so far. But I think if Baylor Shireman has another big one tonight and Creighton wins, then I think it's you know it's going to be a heated race down the stretch. Matt, a couple minutes left here. Are you surprised at the seeming leap that Baylor's taken this year? Because I thought I had a pretty good grasp on who he was as a player. But especially at his age, I was like, ah, he kind of is who he is. Probably not going to change many scouts' mind about who he is or can be at the next level. But he's kind of changed my mind about who I think he is or could be at the next level. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not – I don't think – I don't know if I am – I don't know if surprise is the word because I knew he was putting in work. 
and I, and you know, in talking to him when they hit preseason camp, and you could see that his body had transformed. Mm-hmm. Like he does look, he, no, it does look good. First game of the season, yeah. I was like, oh, he looks different. Yeah, it's, uh, that's what I mean. It's not always noticeable the work that guys put in, especially when they're that age. Like usually, it's just it's marginal, you know, and then it mm-hmm. just, you kind of have to see. Like when we when we got back to when they started fall camp and you saw what what you know what he was how he looked you just said oh man that guy did something this off season and then the other part of it is too with the way the roster is constructed he gets to be more Baylor Shireman like that we saw at South Dakota State so you're adding and a year of experience at a, at a higher level he's clearly made some physical improvements and now he's putting that in to the body that was all the skills we saw at South Dakota State mm. but I think there's like been a lot of enhancement there from him he's worked really hard and seeing all that made me think that he was capable of blowing up like this um, to see it be this consistent night to night down the stretch of the season and the hardest part of the schedule is is where the incredible surprising part comes in I think because he's just been rough solid. That's Matt DeMarinas from the White and Blue Review. After him and DB got done blaspheming me, we got a good, <laughs> got a good four minutes of Creighton talk in there. Uh, Maddie, I will uh, very likely see you tonight, so uh, enjoy your day, and maybe we'll have some words about how this interview went down <laughs> when I come up to hang out. Uh, always, I'll always a pleasure, Maddie. I'll get it. Always a pleasure. Uh, Appreciate you, Matty. That's Matt DeMarinas from the White and Blue Review. Coming up next, we've got more of the Herd at Sports Radio here on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, KFOR in Lincoln. We hail Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.